Welcome to Disendorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. Oh, I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. And beyond, yeah. Today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 10B, The Tragic Flute. This episode originally aired on November 15th, 1986. We were wee boys. Yes. I checked to see if this had any like plot relevance to the ballet, you know, the magic flute. It doesn't Mozart. No, not not even close. Doesn't yeah. seem to have anything. So again, I don't know why they do it, but what was that other episode that was that gone kind with of the gone with the, the nymphs. nymphs? Yeah, but yeah. It was, but it was Gulliver's Travel. It, so I, I don't know. Well, that's funny because it was one cultural with the Gone of the Wind, but then it actually incorporated Gulliver's yeah. Travels. Where, where this, like, I don't know, is this a story? Is there like a is there like a Aesop's fable or something? Yeah, of like, I, I was thinking that there right? is something. There is something. Yeah. Yeah, so I I wonder because it's a very basic story, and I thought, oh, that's it. Felt like this was something that they just kind of boiled down to get it into eleven minutes. Yeah, that would be bigger. Like yeah. the, the purpose of we should we'll get into it, but like yeah, like it, this one seemed like there was more to it. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. So tell us about the cast and crew, man. This episode was written by Bob Carew and directed by Dale Scott. Uh, it was released on VHS as Ewoks 4, Wicked's Adventures as He Becomes a Warrior. Our featured cast member today is Morgan Upton, who, once again, I don't I don't know who he voiced, but I'm going to pretend he was that crab monster in today's episode. <laughs> yeah. He joins the cast in Season 2 in Unknown Roles. He had a Star Wars credit before this. He voiced... Some stormtrooper uh, dialogue in A New Hope. Okay, and he played the role of Mister Hunt in the film More American Graffiti, which also has George Lucas connections. So I wonder if we could look that up sometime and see if he was like the move along, you know? I, yeah, yeah. You know, Maybe. like what if he is right? I mean, this is that guy. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> oh man, that's great. All right, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Synopsis: Season two, Episode Ten B, The Tragic Flute. We open to Princess Nisa relaxing on the edge of a tide pool by the seashore. She accidentally loses her ankle bracelet in the water. While she panics and wonders what to do, a large sea creature emerges from the pool and asks her, What's wrong? The creature shows her a few gold and jeweled anklets before revealing her own, which she claims immediately. Because Nisa was honest and didn't take the ones that were clearly more valuable, he gives her the other anklets as a reward and disappears. Nisa immediately goes off to tell her friends. This seemed like a total trap to me. It did. (laughs) Wicked is suspicious, but Latara is jealous. Latara wants something shiny and valuable, too. Thinking she can trade the flute the gang made for her, she goes off to the tide pool herself drops her flute into it, and waits impatiently for the creature. The creature emerges and shows her two exquisite gold flutes before showing her the one that belongs to her. She claims they are all hers, and the creature traps her in its shell as punishment for being greedy. The others see her being taken. Tebow calls a water creature to take them into the ocean, but is only able to conjure a tiny guppy. The small fish informs the group it was probably... King Elbow, who tests creatures for greediness and honesty, and if they fail, takes them to his coral castle at the bottom of the sea. Tebow knows immediately why she failed. (laughs) He knows her too well. Pleading for help, the guppy blows them a magical sea bubble to take them to the bottom of the sea. The bubble goes out of control, and they are conveniently sucked right into the heart of the coral castle. 
The group discovers Latara almost immediately. She is imprisoned in the grasp of a sleeping squid. Wicket causes a commotion to distract the squid while the rest of the group grab Latara. King Elbow discovers them trying to escape and traps them in a crate. They plead with the king to let her go, but he won't. Unless Latara passes another test. If she fails this one, they all will be taken prisoner instead of her alone. Latara is released into a massive chamber full of riches with the task of finding the most valuable thing in it. The king shows the rest of the group the consequence of her failure, while Latara is tempted by pretty much everything in the chamber until she finds her lousy flute. Before tossing it to the side, she is reminded by the fact that the group made it for her. She immediately runs out and declares her flute is the most valuable, and the king releases everyone confident that Latara has learned her lesson. Tebow calls their guppy friend, but this time actually summons a massive creature to return home. Before hopping inside, she slyly asks the king what his plans were with the other flutes. The rest of the gang quickly grab her, and they set off. Roll credits. Now, I would argue that there is no tragic flute in this whole episode. Yes. Did a flute lead to tragedy? I, I don't know. Uh, no, it was greed that led to tragedy. That's yeah, right. That's right. I thought Nisa's voice was really crazy in this episode. Did you pick up on that at all? I don't know. It's, I, it, no? This felt like the first Nisa-centric episode in a long time. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot what she sounded like, right? We True. only usually get little bits even latara i was just like oh she really does talk like like uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. i was like well i didn't even recognize that until like there's yeah like large swaths of her know. talking it just felt to me like everybody was amped up like tebow was really over the top latara and nisa i felt Look like it we're did just like too really yeah just like really like bubbly going for it in a weird way so yeah i don't, I don't know, know. Uh, but yeah i i agree with what you're saying before it does kind of feel like this is based on some sort of fable or something that i can't like quite get my mind around what it is but yeah I'm, you know i know the story i'm familiar with this however i've experienced it before. I, I know it seems like that like the, oh the person who helps the stranger on the road and then you know two people passed by and didn't yeah. help and then the a random person, kind of like the Good Samaritan story, right? Yeah, Where like yeah, yeah. Oh, that they reward that person for helping them, right? It almost seems like a. That's why I was like, oh, this must be like an Aesop's fable, as far as yeah. like being greedy, you know. But here we are again. This story was one of those moral lessons, right? Yeah. About yeah. about greed, and I thought for sure. I, I like this. I don't know about you, but I really like this episode. But it uh, did yeah. seem like it. I feel like the other episodes were Star Wars episodes or Ewoks episodes that had a moral point to it. Mm -hmm. Where this one was focused completely on the moral point. Yeah, it was. And kind of didn't focus on like, oh, there's like, like where did this guy come from and why does he do that? That's really know. weird. Like, that's unexplainable, right? Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's yeah. what he does. He's king. So what he's wasting, like, I guess, who's taking care of the kingdom if he's walking I around destined people? Well, I right? thought when they when they're in the bubble and they're going underwater and there's this whole kingdom, I was like, well, that's that's new information. That's there's a, your episode there. Whole, right? <laughs> there's a whole kingdom underneath the water. Ooing and eyeing. Uh, that was great. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a morality tale more than anything else. Yeah, but I think it worked. I think it was a good it like yeah. in and out. Just like boom, there you go. You're hit with your lesson. I mm -hmm. thought when King Elbow or whatever his name is was like, all right, if she chooses right, you all can go home. If she chooses wrong, you're stuck here forever. And they so readily agree. I'm like, I'm not trusting Latara. 
Yeah, no, no way. Like, yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> I forgot to add in there too. I completely forgot to add in that they were like scheming to like try and escape because they knew Latara. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, Latara really planted one on Tebow. That was quite a kiss. Oh, I forgot to put that in there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like. Well, that relationship's fun. The building blocks I, of, uh, I guess so. are being set. Here we go. I guess it is. I guess <laughs> it is. Yeah. I thought Latara had a lot of, like, reminded me of, of Muppet Babies era Miss Piggy in this episode. A lot of her, like, yeah. her, her big reaction to the jewels and her diva. trying to, like, Total get diva. Like, stuff in the end. It's just, you know, very baby Miss Piggy. So uh, I could see a little bit of that in there. Oh, that's that is right. She is like the total like diva, yeah. bubbly and crazy yeah. and loud. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. That's what she seemed like, you know. Yeah. Just whatever, whatever's the shiniest. That's what I want for sure. I mean, I, I you said it. This doesn't feel very Star Warsy, which is a thing we've said since day one. Yeah, but I think because this was so laser focused, it didn't. I feel like we we're hardly ever in Endor. We were in this undersea kingdom, you know. So yeah. Kind of a weird episode, but, you know, I'll allow it. I, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was. A- after I finished it, I was like, huh. Yeah. That was pretty good. Like, they're st- they're like, like, they found it. They they came back to, like, the moral lesson story. Instead of being 25 minutes, now they're doing, like, the 12-minute episode, and it works. Yeah. Like, they finally got it. And I think the episodes just are better when they focus, when they have a real clear moral yeah aspect to it or maybe not moral but just like a life lesson right Mm -hmm. where you know this was a this was a life lesson on greed i'm sure there's like a billion ways to do it but you know not not always in life will you say no that one's not mine no that one's not mine oh that one's mine and then they give you all of them anyway like you're just gonna be yep that one's mine oh okay great yeah i thought maybe these ones were yours too Sometimes the episodes that are so focused on like, all right, we got to get this moral across have been cheesy or campy. In the, I think in, you're right. Yeah, they've the been a little days. bit. But this one, you know, it was almost like it just gave them a focus because so often the episodes lack a focus or a purpose. And this was like, let's get this point across. And like I said, just kind of in and out real quick. And yeah, yeah it worked. Well, it they worked. dropped they solid. dropped the ultimate peril. Like that was the... The first season, half of the first season was like, the planet is going to die, or we're all going to be doomed, right? That yeah. was the thing. We're all going to be doomed. And it's just like, how many episodes can we take this that, like, if they do this one, you know, we need to travel across the desert and the floating forest and everything to pull a lever so that the world won't blow up. It's just, does that work with kids? I just don't feel like that works I, I, with kids, yeah, you I don't know? know? I don't know. I guess I felt like the some of the weirdness was it in making the making this, like, the king of an undersea, like, like you're right. I mean, just shouldn't he have better things to do than Wouldn't like trickster, not the king. The, it would be the like the morality police or something. <laughs> like we've had so many, we've had so many just like weird mystical creatures pop up the leaf queen or whatever to have this just be like an undersea, like wizard or something would have made more sense to me than having it be like the king. Exactly. I just thought that was yeah. strange because like, who made him the arbiter of like what's right and wrong? Like, is yeah, his right? sole mission in life to like trick children into being selfish? So he's like a hobby. Like, it's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. Like, you know, you pull the threads and it makes no sense. So I guess we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're kind of tempting people, you know. Yeah. So it's like unfair, but yeah, for sure. But I think that was the one drawback of the episode was 
the concept of King Elbow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of the the backbone of the story. Right. That, like everything revolves Talking around me out of this episode. Is I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did, I did hate his character design. I mean, he was like a weird crab with a handlebar mustache. Like I didn't really understand his mustache. That, but... So I'll just, I'll just go right like, into my Okavark. Sam. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okavark was him. Like the concept of him. I think that makes sense. Like I thought oh, it would have been better if it was like a pool, a yeah. talking, a talking fountain. Like, Oh, is this? And it would like reveal. Yeah, true. The anklet. Oh, no, that one's not mine. Okay. And it would reveal another one. No, that, and then it would suck you in or something and trap you. But like, yeah. but like a, a, a sentient being that like <laughs> emerges from the water that just happens to have two sparkling anklets and two sparkling flutes. Yeah. Like this dude's holding all the, I mean, what if somebody dropped in like a car battery because they wanted to charge the electric eels? Was well, this car <laughs> battery yours? It's like yeah. a golden car battery. I had a diehard with a full warranty, actually. <laughs> so his, his character just didn't make any sense. And I agree, his yeah. artwork, his design just was like, he has like a conch shell. He's got like a, like a weird like Yeti face, but his mustache... <laughs> His mustache wasn't whiskers. Those looked like claw, like a crab. Oh, maybe, legs. maybe they were. It was a lot. It was a lot it going like on. Legs. It was the too colors, much. The design, yeah. the fact that the thing opened like a trunk, so he could put Latara <laughs> inside of his shell, was just. He's got a yeah. boot. That was yeah. That was all weird. UK that was all weird. Right that's that's <laughs> like, your Okavark. That's just he's that just him. Like his. I just thought, what a great idea! But that yeah. character was just ridiculous. You know, I don't yeah. know. That was weird. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> what about you? I mean, I mentioned it already, but I thought a lot of the voice work in this was really shoddy. And there was a few things like in the very beginning when Le when Nisa loses her anklet, she's very like, ah! just like big and huge. Yeah. And then <laughs> Tebow makes some joke and has this laugh that was just like nails on a chalkboard to me. That almost yeah. killed me. But the thing that I really couldn't take was, was when Latara goes back and he pulls out like the bejeweled flute and she says, whoa, honey. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> I hated that was, so much. That was pretty bad. Oh, I agree. Terrible. So that was that was the thing I hated the most. What did you like the most? What's your uh, Ichiwawa moment? You know, I really liked, and it's only because I've, I feel like I've used this one before, that creature at the very beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The two eyes, but then like the 25 legs yes. kind of thing. They Again, they use that sound from... The Return of the Jedi. Oh, cool! In that that little cut scene at Jabba's palace, they have that like giant toad that like licks up that like little. Yep. I don't know. It's like a little gopher. Squirrel I remember. I remember it's the squirrel squirrel last time they used that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, there it is, and I just love that because that's like that's so iconic from my childhood. So that's a total member berry that I chewed up, and I loved it. Every yeah. time I hear that, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's o OG all, uh, Star Wars. That makes yeah. Perfect sense. Yep. My little dopamine drip just dripped. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so about yourself, what was your favorite part? Was your Ichiwawa? Yes, oh. I. Uh, when they're like, oh, Tebow summoned some creature from the depths and you see this little tiny thing pop its head out of the water. Like, <laughs> I thought that was funny, but I thought the reveal was going to be that it actually was a massive right? creature and that we were just seeing a little nub. And uh, they're like, no, we need something bigger. And then he gets up on land and it's just a fish. And he's like, how about now? And he's still tiny. I thought that was genuinely funny. I thought that felt like a much more modern kind of a joke to me. Like I would expect that in a, you know, a current cartoon. 
So yeah, I like that quite a lot. You telling that reminded me of I thought because when he came out, he was he kind of had a voice like yeah. really low, yeah, yeah. and I was like, and you reminded me that when I was watching it, and the giant creature appeared, I was like, oh, he's gonna have like this, like, hey guys, hop on yeah. board, you know, like, and they totally missed the mark. Oh, and, that would have been funny. He didn't have that, and I thought that would have been perfect because that that's what I was been, expecting. Yeah. Like, oh, they had the tiny guy with the deep voice, and they had gonna have this big guy. With a tiny voice, it messed up. That would have been a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to rate this one because I think it was pretty good. I guess I'm going to knock it down a little peg from last mm-hmm. time just based on the fact that it, it doesn't really feel Ewokie or Star Wars-y. It's just, it's just a good 12-minute entertaining yeah. little short, you know. So, But I'll, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. Yeah. I think, you know, I think my son would have liked this one. And, you know, it's whatever. How about you? I think yeah, I was thinking four too because I do think that like when a sh- when an episode doesn't feel Star Warsy or Ewoki at all, it's gotta lose a lot of points. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like something like this, if it felt like an Ewok episode, I'd probably give it like a four five four seven five because yeah, it would it would have been good. It had the moral lesson, all those things, but it, like it wasn't. What didn't feel like you're right, didn't feel like no. Ewoks, no. it didn't feel like Star Wars. It felt it could have been anything. This could have been the Smurfs, exactly. You know, this could have been it could have been the Care Bears. This would have been a typical Care Bears episode, yeah, it could, right? Where the bad bear takes something from the land yep. of Care Bears, yep. you know. I, so, I was I mean, yeah. because it was underwater, I was getting a lot of like snork imagery in my mind, and even my even my little <laughs> Ichiwawa guy had kind of a snorky vibe to him and his fins and stature and everything. But yeah, yeah, this this is one where you could have erased the names and put in anything. You're absolutely right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking back over our episodes, this is the first time you and I have done an episode, just the two of us in a long time. Really? Yes. Because we've had back to back to back guest stars. Oh, no way. Yeah. We had a, Who we have? We had Crystal first, right? Oh, no, we had Jesse. Yeah. Jesse for Christmas. Crystal for the season scepter. And then Eric and I did that comic book coffee break in the feed. Then we had the one with our kids. And then Sally was with us last time. Sally was last time. That's five in a row. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, no. That's a hot streak. That's a hot streak right there. Yeah, for real. So now we're we're back to it. Yep. All right. Let's see. Where are we going to be next time? We're we're getting close. We're getting darn close to finishing this series. Let me tell you. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting into droids. I am too. When we finally get there, because I, I haven't seen that since like the 80s. So yeah, I hope that it holds up. But anyway, next time here on The Sidorian Life, we got more Ewoks coming your way. It's going to be episode 11A, Just My Luck. Just My Luck. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Same. See you then, yeah. my friend. All right. Take it easy. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 9021 Here We Go, 90s Music Got Me Like, and Previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Hello from the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Nick. I'm Allie. And but have you tried? We're going to be exploring all the things that make us similar and the things that make us 
very different. You, for example, maybe didn't know who Jim Carrey was or have uh, maybe didn't, yeah. have never seen a, an Indiana Jones movie. And yet there are things about both of those that I know you will like because that's, of this that's probably true. because of these shared things. What what are you, what are you gonna throw my way? What do you what, what are you gonna test me? Way? What do I not what do I not know? Well, we were just talking about how you haven't watched Mrs. Maisel. I haven't watched Mrs. Maisel, no. In fact, it sounds like you've almost intentionally avoided Mrs. Maisel. Listen, what else? Sprouts? You were talking about sprouts. Some? Yeah, you're sprouts. lentil sprouts. Lentil sprouts. So I don't understand. Is this like, do you put this in a salad? Are they like a you side dish? You can put dish, them in a salad a or you dish. can put them on a sandwich. Have you ever seen Back to the Future? I have actually seen Back to the Future. Oh, I'm kind of disappointed. I know. Again, there's ways that our tastes overlap, but then there's also things like the fact that you have some kind of vendetta against Beverly Crusher that I just don't understand. I just think she's a bad character. I just don't think there's anything there. But what? Like how? I don't understand how you can see what I've seen and come to that conclusion. I don't... <laughs> It's Troy all the way. I, I don't know what to tell you. So how are we going to do this, Alex? You're going to suggest a thing to me, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have some time to explore that thing. Whatever that thing may be. In the middle of the episodes, we'll do sort of, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you into this month? Because how can we not? And while that's happening, I'll be researching your thing, and then we'll come together, we'll talk about your thing, and then we'll end that episode with me telling you, okay, well, now you have to watch Magnum P.I. Or Murder, She Wrote. Something like that. I have never watched Magnum P.I. Here you go. But have you tried? I, I haven't. The Not podcast <laughs> with Nick and Allie from the David A. Howe Public Library. 